<laughs> we're live. <laughs> what, hey, what are we saluting? I'm... <laughs> uh, uh, we're saluting Bitcoin. Satoshi here. We're Satoshi. saluting Bitcoin at 9K. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Yes. 9-1. Yeah. 9,100. Again? Yeah. Oh, again. again. <laughs> All night tonight. Uh, so welcome, everybody, to the uh, 13th episode of Crypto Mining Tools podcast. Today, we have Josiah Spackman of the, the Digibyte Foundation, right? Digibyte team. So technically, technically, I run a business myself called Digibyte Foundation New Zealand, but technically, yeah, just Digibyte. All right. Yeah. We've got Josiah, the Digibyte oh, man. Yeah. All right. And so, we got we got Ethan, our co-host here. Hey, everybody. I'm here. <laughs> So I, I've known about Digibyte for uh, a, quite some time. I mean, gosh, uh, at least three years. And nice. I would like to I would like to ask you this question. Tell me something I wouldn't know about Digibyte. Tell me some some knowledge about Digibyte that not oh. everybody would know. <laughs> like insider trading knowledge or there no, is... no, 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 not, oh, not okay. anything like that, but maybe, maybe a funny story from its origins. Like, you know, something that only you would know in, in your experience. There, there is definitely some things that I can say, and there's definitely some other okay. things that I, that I won't say, not because it's um, like security risk or anything like that, but just because it's, it's probably not my place to say, um, why don't I tell you something then perhaps about, uh, this back in the day, were, are you familiar with mine for mud? Have you no, heard of that one? I'm so not. mine for mud was one of the original reasons that I actually found out about Digibyte myself was because it was like philanthropic, I suppose. And so it basically Jared Tate knew some people that were affected by, I think it was the Washington mudslides and in order okay. to try and like raise some money for them, he got together with Bitcoin people and Dogecoin people, as well as Digibyte mining pools, and they raised a whole bunch of money that they were then able to donate to a particular entity to go towards relief for the families of Washington mudslide victims. That was back in, oh, February 2014. And nice. that was actually how I heard about Digibyte, was through that kind of a philanthropic venture, I suppose. Okay, that is definitely something that I, I've never, I would never know about Digibyte, and that's a really awesome story of of how you got into it. Can you give us some more information as to, you know, there's so many different altcoins out there. Um, yeah. What, you know, what separates Digibyte in your mind, you know, from your perspective, other than it's altruistic, which and, there are some other coins, yeah. And do you consider it an altcoin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> Unfortunately, well, actually, so so okay. Let's let's go back a little bit. Um, how how much have you kind of followed Bitcoin Cash in terms of what Roger Ver was about when they were they were going through the forks and things like that? You mm -hmm. know a bit about it. Yeah, I mean, so you know, there's there's basically two versions. There's Bitcoin Cash ABC, and then yep. there's Bitcoin Cash SV. Mm. Um, and I forget what the ABC stands for. I know. SV supposedly stands for Satoshi's vision, yep. which if Craig Wright, who claims <laughs> claims to be Satoshi, is it's purely his vision. And I suppose in those regards, it's absolutely on point. It's, it's correct. It's true, right? It's his yeah. vision. I mean, it's he can make it whatever he wants. Yeah. It's called HS. Right. Of SV. <laughs> yeah. 
Why doesn't he just call it like MV from my vision? Like this is right. my... <laughs> well, so so yes, yes, it is. Uh, I would still consider us an altcoin, but ironically, back in the day, what he did was he put up like a, a spreadsheet, and he's like, "This is what I would classify as Bitcoin. It must have like one CPU, one vote, and low fees, peer-to-peer cash, and and he listed out all of these things. Then he weighted them against each other. I went back and I added Digibyte into the list as well, just to be a like a smartass. Why not? Right. And we came out on top, whereas when you weighted it, all of a sudden Bcash gets pushed all the way down. Mm-hmm. So I think Bitcoin was like 5%, Bitcoin Cash was like 30%, and Digibyte was 65% of the weighting metric. So I was like, okay, we're Bitcoin. We're not an altcoin anymore, we're Bitcoin. <laughs> um, but no, no, so that's, um, I still consider us an altcoin, and, and I'm sorry, I've forgotten the first half of that question there. <laughs> the important part, Ethan's question. Yeah, I, I just wanted you to ex- explain to our audience, you know, what you feel separates Digibyte uh, apart from, I guess, the spectrum of coins. We'll just say that. Right. Well, I mean, that's if everybody wittingly knowing it or not starts off comparing themselves against Bitcoin and basically because they are effectively the de facto standard. You even measure your currency in it based in Satoshis for the most part. So we might be 80 Satoshis, for example, and and that's how the value is measured, not in US dollars for the most part. But what sets us apart, I suppose a whole lot of things, and one of them is going to be the focus on security, but I think a lot of that comes down to the mining aspect and the forward-thinking nature and this is obviously something that is not just appealing both to the developers who are involved, but also to the community as well, because they've almost grown to expect this kind of thing. So, for example, mm-hmm. we're looking at yeah. um, Schnorr signatures, Taproot at the moment, things like that. Especially now there are BIPs, even if Bitcoin doesn't implement them, because they have their own reasons, right? Same for with sure. Dandelion. We have this amazing technology that an independent party has come out with, and they've put together a whole research paper and all this suite of information and they've gone here bitcoin how awesome is this you can protect the uh sender ip addresses and things like that of people with a more than reasonable degree of certainty have it and and bitcoin's going oh it's gonna mess with rbf so oh sorry no thank you whereas we're like yes this is forward thinking this is security this is us in a nutshell implemented done so and and that was that was implemented a year ago now 18 months yeah and and that's that is what what separates us from a lot of these other projects is both the focus on security as well as the it sounds really cliche like the true embodiment of decentralization like none of these Mm -hmm. other like cutting corners that you see a lot of people doing in the name of decentralization, like we're we're mostly decentralized, but we're run on twenty validator nodes. We're mostly decentralized, but yeah, you know what I mean. That kind of thing. So sure. I, I would like to think, at least. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty biased. I'm here representing the GBI sixth anniversary T-shirt. Um, that we are the embodiment of that kind of a spirit. So yeah, that's. So, so would you say it's it's fair to say that you know there's less politics and bureaucracy than with you know the stable <laughs> out there, um, you know that that you guys are kind of purist in the sense that you are trying to create the best 
currency, the best virtual currency, you know, by, you know, adopting all of these different and latest and greatest ideas and strategies and technologies? Yes and no. So okay. I, I think a lot of people immediately <laughs> presume that you are a blockchain, you're going to compete with Bitcoin. Now, I'm not going to go so far as the really shitty cliche of we are silver to the gold. Like, I hate that. Mm -hmm. I think it's terrible. Yeah, I think that Bitcoin in and of itself, I think if people want to be able to run their own node, you need to maintain 10 minute block timings with one megabyte blocks or even go as far as Luke Dash Jr. and reduce it to 300 kilobytes. There, it sounds mad, but if that's what you want, then that's what you might have to do. Whereas we're not so much just about the having the ultimate proof of work for you to be able to do a $100 billion transaction for an $80 fee, you know, that kind of thing. But to be able to use Digibyte more for digital assets, for example, which is why we are called Digibyte for a byte of information rather than Digicoin being just mm -hmm. as a currency. Sure, we can be a currency, and I, I pay people on the regular. I send money around the world and things with Digibyte. But we're not going to so much pigeonhole ourselves down that pathway, you know, and go, we are... We're just a currency. We're just a coin, and that's all that mm -hmm. we can do. When there are so much more really freaking cool uses for a blockchain. Sure. So yeah, I think I think absolutely. I I I foresee a future like 20, 30 years from now where Bitcoin is still out there. We might even also have BSV with their gigameg blocks. For all I know, like <laughs> like fucking let them try. Why right. not? Sure. I, yeah, I mean I. I yeah, I totally agree with you. It's it it is kind of a, you know, it's it's an ecosystem that's that's starting to create itself and things are going to either survive and find their place and mm. and fit well in that ecosystem or they're going to die and wither out. And so I agree. Like who are we to try to stop, you know, one person from from trying to be a part of that? I don't I don't think there's like a right or a wrong, you know, just if if but it doesn't like work, it won't. Yeah, well, rock in a hard place though, because on the one hand, yes, I want to see, I want to see three hundred kilobyte blocks. I actually think that would be amazing. I think that would be really cool because then everybody, you buy yourself a one terabyte hard drive mm -hmm. or SSD because hard drives are almost yeah. gone. Yeah, right. But but you and then you run your own node and you can run it for forever off a of Raspberry Pi. And then we have literally the polar opposite of mm -hmm. gigamig blocks. Where, what are they actually? I think it's like it's a hard cap of two gigs and a soft cap of 500 megs, give or take. Yeah. Polar opposite. I'm not a fan of all these like minor tinkering around the edges. Like we'll we'll have a uh, Quibit coin, for example, with just a changed hashing algorithm. That's kind of pointless. And I want to personally see either things like flourish and succeed or let's just die really quickly. Like sure. iterate and improve really rapidly. Mm -hmm. and see how we go well let's, let's let the chips fall as they may why not but at the same time i also worry this is people's money on the line for the most part sure people buy into it goes to zero that sucks that leaves a bad taste in the mouth i hate that but so um what kind of people right now are mining digibyte um are, is it a lot of institutional people uh, you know large farms small Home miners, what's what's the yeah? The... So at the moment, a lot of it. So because we have our five different mining algorithms, we have SHA two fifty six, we have Scrypt, we have Quibit, we have Skeen, we have Autocrypt, our own in house developed algorithm mm -hmm. for FPGA mining. Uh, 
we've we've got a decent variety here. Mm -hmm. We want to improve it. That's okay. the problem. Is that at the moment we look at it and we go, this could be better. We know it could be better. It was, yeah, basically it, it could be better. And I suppose this is part of the forward thinking nature of striving for that betterment. So what we're looking to do is we're, we're looking at replacing SHA-256 probably and Quibit. Looking at ProgPow is almost a guaranteed, I think, throughout the community and even with the miners and the mining pools I've spoken with. The support for that is almost universal. And, I mean, this is obviously very anecdotal because we don't have any kind of say, or if we do a Twitter poll, it's, it's obviously very limited to Twitter and not, you know, our Chinese miners, for example, who use Weibo for so, but it's almost universal. Prog power is the way to go. Bring back GPU mining, allow mining farms, as well as the home user to basically just sign up, fire up a miner and get going. We're looking at random X. There is other work looking at staking and the likes as well. So who knows where that'll go? Really excited to see what happens over this year mm -hmm. though. Okay. We, we have a user here. Uh, Crypto Nando says, uh, is there more activity from specific countries than others? Or is there a better adoption? Hey, <laughs> hey. We know who it is. <laughs> uh, in terms of, I mean, so it's we're, we're, we're specifically mining, but in terms of actual broader use, mm -hmm. um, oddly enough, there's actually a huge support around Europe. Uh, we have a lot of support from uh, FPGAs, for example, in, in mm -hmm. China. Uh, Black Miner makes some amazing uh, FPGAs. Um, and, and as part of that, they have really got their ear to the ground there in China and they constantly send us back messages or at least me through Telegram and some of the other people and basically say, look, there's actually a huge growing amount of support in China for Digibyte and same for even in Japan. Um, they, they basically say, yeah, like it's, it's very, very rapidly growing, like the kind of the fervor with it. We have a lot of both mining and general nodes and transactions and uh, on top of services happening in Europe. So funnily enough, um, I mean, America's probably then our third third place, but poor little old New Zealand and Australia down here in the corner of the globe is not quite as popular as I'd like it to be. But yeah, yeah, very, very broad, very broad distribution. Even in uh, Venezuela, where we were recently uh, helping out there, we, again, back to philanthropic work. Yeah, like... Like everywhere, it's great. It's so encouraging to see. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Tell me a little bit more about mining in New Zealand. What kind of challenge? Like, does mining even happen? Is it is is it even a worthwhile venture? And if people are doing it there, how are they doing it? Uh, so I actually, I, I originally took my when I sold a house that I had a few years back, this was in early 2017, ended up having a very small amount of money because unfortunately it was a bad investment, didn't go too well for me, what can you do? But I bought a truckload of GTX 1060s. I got okay. into the GPU mining. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be great. Um, it was and was not. Um, it, you know, it paid for my honeymoon and it paid for my wedding, so I can't Okay, really yeah. Yeah, it was, so it worked out in that aspect. Um, the mining, if you are starting off as like just a home user, for example, power prices over here can both be insanely cheap and insanely expensive. Huh. So compared to a US dollar amount, I pay an average of, what are we talking, 12 cents US uh, for my okay. power, 100% wow. renewable through solar and wind, which is pretty cool. So I'm That I'm is really awesome. That. 
I know, though, that if I look at my brother, he's currently paying 18 or 19 US cents per kilowatt for power. Okay. So he's not going to have a good time if he fires sure. up a GTX 1080 and then leaves that mining 24-7. That's not right, going to go yeah. well for him at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but there is actually a, a large uh, amount of people here, potentially even more so in Australia, because we have our different climate. It's not always like mm -hmm. deathly hot over here. So we, we have a bit of GPU and ASIC mining, uh, not so much FPGAs. There's simply not enough, like four and a half million of us. There's not enough for, for a large volume of FPGAs to come into the country. So it is predominantly GPU or ASIC mining. Okay. That's fantastic. I'd like to take this moment right here to do a shout out to Nova Block, our sponsor. Um, they came to North America, I think it's uh, August of 2019. And in this short time, just between then and now, they're now one of the top fine mining pools in the world. Um, they believe in transparency and they think that as you know, the hash rate from China is going to shift over to North America, they want to be a big part of that. And they want you to be a big part of that too. So go to Nova Block and check them out. And Scott will give you the details on how to get a great rate. Yeah. Yeah. So when you sign up, uh, make sure you use the invitation code offered 18, O-F-F-O-R-D-1-8. And that will give you a reduction in your pool fees down to 1.8%. Um, so awesome. Let's get back to Josiah. So yeah, uh, Josiah, what uh, what questions do you have for us? Oh, that's right, good. So in, yeah. in, in terms of mining, what are your thoughts around around these well I, let's do a two-prong question here so around these larger pools and things that have mm -hmm. so much mining capital behind them the mm -hmm. hash rate as well and then what are your thoughts on what's going on with the i don't really want to call it a hostile takeover but it is almost a hostile taker of bch mining with their threats to start orphaning off blocks Good questions. Yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Scott go first. <laughs> there's obviously a, a lot of, like you're saying, a lot of capital. You're talking about uh, um, different organizations or people with a lot of money uh, that might have a lot of uh, sway over how things go. Is that mm. kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, it is. Yeah. Because it is centralized. Is there any danger of a like we saw with CZ basically coming out last year when they lost like $40 million going, let's just rewrite the blockchain mm -hmm. and some back of the napkin math, even with a 12 hour head start, if he'd taken the top three pools at the time, he would have been able to roll it back in, I think it was like five or six days. If they, if they went mm -hmm. back and started redoing it and those pools who did it, would be up a metric truckload from the transaction fees and the Coinbase rewards. So yeah. What are your thoughts around the vulnerabilities there? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, that's, that's definitely interesting um, to, to bring up. Uh, you know, I, I know right now uh, BCH, they're talking about um, there, there's some conversation about, you know, that uh, what, what is it? The 12.5%. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that that's supposedly a um, what's what's the word for it? Not a, a conglomerate, but a um, like the the mafia behind mm -hmm. uh, BCH. Uh, I can't think of the right word, but <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely uh, interesting to to think about that. 
Um, yeah, what, what do you think, Ethan? Well, I mean, it, it, it just seems to me from my perspective, you know, looking at this, that it's cryptocurrency in general is becoming more and more difficult for your your average and everyday person to get into it. I think there are some some really heavy hitters that are into it now. And it's it's now just a, a race. It's a game of go big or go home. And everybody is kind of in this arms race of spending money and and kind of hedging bets against each other. And, you know, it's too early to tell how that's going to happen. I mean, there are some clear possibilities. You know, one is, you know, somebody's going to get an advantage that no one else gets and they're going to end up, you know, coming out on top. Um, But, you know, as I've explained to many, many people who are new into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, that this is kind of a bad thing because then you become master of your own universe. And once you become master of that universe, then everything is dependent on how much everyone else trusts you. So if no one trusts you, you might have the greatest hash power in the universe. You know, you might have 70, 80 percent of the hash rate. But if no one no longer trusts you, they're going to go to something more decentralized. So it's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out, you know, to see, you know, because it is it's it's almost like a nuclear arms race, you know, where each side is trying to get more and more power. And, you know, I think if there's enough players that can come into the situation where they can kind of divide each other out. So even though they have large, substantial chunks of the pie, if you will, they're they're still kind of enough at uh, at odds with each other to keep it yep. decentralized enough to keep that trust. The worst thing that I think can possibly happen is just for one, you know, huge conglomerate, and I'm not going to say their name, but we all know who they are because they manufacture most of the miners in the world. Um, but but for them to kind of become, you know, emperor of the crypto universe, and then nobody has any confidence anymore because they basically know that every time they're contributing into the system, they're just paying, you know, that one entity. And I think that would be very unhealthy for the space. Yeah. Well, all we have to do is look at the uh, Ampli vulnerability. Like that was a very real problem. Like, could you imagine oh, yeah. if someone exploited that all of a sudden, poof, Let's just shut down 60, 70% of the mining. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it was actually exploited, wasn't it? In some places. I actually. Was it really? That. Yeah. I don't know. Well, weren't, weren't they? I, I, I can't remember. More about it. Main said that it was more of a, a, of a feature than a bug. <laughs> yeah, um, it was or, supposed to be a feature. <laughs> But like, I mean, that's that's you, you've then got the flip side of this as well. So it's not just that we don't trust like the one big guy, but then if you're Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin SV mm-hmm. and you don't have enough hash rate, you could look at Slush Pool alone could come along with four percent and go, <laughs> we now own BSV. Like, sure, it, it would cost them to do that based on the power and, mm-hmm. and things like that, but they have the hash rate; it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's, it, you know, like I said, it's, it's a real danger um, because, you know, there, there, there's power displacement power is being given into, you know, smaller and smaller entities that are controlling more and more of the power. And it, it's really going to be critical what they do with that power to yeah. ensure that it's not abused because I'm sure as soon as any kind of abuse or scandal or corruption comes out about it, 
it's going to be a tough time um, for all yeah. of us. So, yeah. uh, Josiah, are you getting at something? Is there is there something <laughs> that that Digibyte solves? I'm just fueling the flames. Yeah. Well, I mean, because the the, the flip side of this is like, let's say hypothetically, uh, there is something similar to Entbleed, and sixty to seventy percent of the hash rate goes offline. That's terrible. They still have by far the majority of the hash rate. But what are your thoughts around the idea of there then being, like, especially if we did go to a three hundred kilobyte block size, a, a, a kind of a what do they call it? A death spiral for the the mining and things like that. Given it mm -hmm. takes how how many blocks, two thousand something whatever for two weeks worth, for it to then readjust its difficulty. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you have a, a really valid point there is that, um, you know, and, and again, the way <laughs> the way things were designed is it, it was really designed to go in one direction, you know, mm. and it, it was designed, you know, to incrementally, you know, handle or, or compensate in one direction. It really wasn't designed very well to backtrack. And yeah. so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in that. And, you know, to that degree, that's why I'm glad we have, you know, alternate coins that, you know, these heavy hitters, the big players, the main players, throwing all this energy, all this resource, you know, in, into one or two things, um, you know, hoping hopefully to do something responsible with their in game. If they don't, we do have fallbacks. Mm. You know, we do have fallbacks, and that's that's a good thing. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I'm really what what's what I'm excited, partially because I'm sitting on the sidelines here, you know, with 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 my marshmallows ready and waiting to to roast it over the campfire, as it were, to see what happens come the next halving when we're dropping mm -hmm. down the number of BTC and the amount. I mean, I'm well aware at the moment. I think what's what's the average block reward based on like transaction fees? It's like one point, is it one point three, one point six Bitcoin? It's decent. Really, the block reward right now is twelve and a half Bitcoin. Oh, sorry. I mean, for the for transaction fees. Oh, for transaction fees, I don't know right off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah, it's it's, it's around about that. that. Yeah. So, so let's yeah. let's say we'll, we'll we'll play with some round math here and say it's ten percent. That's that's not too bad. We are then going to halve it, so we're going to go from. 12 and a half down to 6.25. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden your coin, uh, sorry, your Coinbase fees are going down while your transaction fees are going up and up and mm -hmm. up and up. And I'm really excited to see the point. It, it's probably not going to be any time over the next uh, four years, for example, mm -hmm. but where those transaction fees go up over the Coinbase fees. I think that's going to, that like, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, is that going to cause problems with mining, though, given that all of a sudden now, instead of XYZ, millions of dollars per day flooding into Bitcoin mm -hmm. as, as they are minted, that's now going to be halved. Yep, yep, that could be that could be really interesting to watch unfold, like the, you know, six to eight weeks, especially following a halving. Yeah, that could be really juicy. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely dependent on uh, adoption. You know, yeah. um, th there has to be more transactions. There have to be more people using it. Um, mm. And that, that demand really does have to be there. So I, I think there's a lot of companies working really hard on producing more use cases, more, you know, more things to, to make Bitcoin uh, 
more widely used used in general. Um, I just got an email today. Um, you know, I used to be in an IT company before I, I became partners with Scott here. And they were asking me if I could install Bitcoin machines around this area, Bitcoin ATM machines around nice. this area. Nice. And I was looking at their spreadsheet and literally um, within, I guess, 150 mile radius. Uh, I live in Cincinnati, but 150 mile radius of where I live, there were over 300 machines they want to install in various wow. places. And I think it's putting an infrastructure like that, that's gonna be a critical component to the adoption. I was mm -hmm. just in the Quickie Mart, I think two days ago, and I saw a guy that was actually at the the Bitcoin ATM at that, uh, um, that, that Quickie Mart. And I went over and I just kind of asked him because I'd never used it. And the first thing that I noticed is that they were charging a thousand dollars over Bitcoin was worth. Wow. And so I had to go into the whole spiel, like, you know, here's Coinbase, here's what you can actually buy a Bitcoin for. And then on the screen in big letters, it was like a thousand dollars more. I was like, you're paying way too much for that wow. Bitcoin. <laughs> and then I gave him the card and I said, Hey, if you want to learn how to make Bitcoin, you know, cheap, let me know. <laughs> me and Scott will take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josiah, I, I want to talk to you. Uh, a little bit more about FPGA and, and ProgPow. Uh, but before that, I just want to talk a little bit about mining like, disrupt. Mining yes. Disrupt. <laughs> yeah. I am so pumped for this. So <laughs> I just got back from Miami um, for, for January conference and I loved Miami. Miami was awesome, except for all the homeless people that were like rushing at me all the time. If you can avoid them, then Miami is great, but I'm so excited to go back. What is it? Uh, July. Right, mm -hmm. July of this year, we're going to go back. It, Scott and I are both going to be there, and we're going to be at the Mining Disrupt Miami, and we're going to have our own booth, and we're going to be doing really cool and amazing things, hopefully things that have not been done at this conference before, because we want to make it kind of our our premier um, you know, get-together for everybody in the mining industry. It is called Mining Disrupt for a reason. So we hope that all you miners, anybody that's even curious about mining, come here, attend it, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. Uh, last year, uh, I went there and I had a little booth. Uh, this year, we have uh, you know, two or three uh, times this, the amount of space. Um, but yeah, I, all of my uh, customers and all of my competitors, everybody everybody was there Yeah, uh, that, that I wanted to be talking with um, in, in this space. So yeah, July 22nd to 23rd, we'll be there. Um, you can meet us in person and we'd love to have you. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, if you uh, use this special link that we have here, uh, let me That's see. That's right. Give them the link. There it is there. Okay. 2.tools slash mining dash disrupt. Uh, you get 10% off of your ticket price if you use that. Score. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome yeah. stuff. All right. So Josiah, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about more about yourself and uh, more about uh, the FPGA and, and ProgPow and, and whatnot. So, so we last year in 20, 2019, I should know this, uh, we, we implemented Otocrypt, which is an FPGA friendly mining algorithm. The idea being that we've got certain hardware types that can take advantage of certain mining algorithms and things like that. The idea with Autocrypt is that we want to be as close to a 
ASIC as possible and then just dial it back just a little bit so that you can then only mine it on an FPGA to utilize effectively that type of hardware. Okay. So we're still we're not going completely anti-ASIC. We've still got the likes of SHA-256, Scrypt, and the likes which are mineable using an ASIC. That's cool. There's merit to keeping those there. There's also a lot of merit to these additional on-ramps, say, for example, with GPU mining. And this mm -hmm. is something which I think back in the day especially really helped Bitcoin to take off a lot in popularity was the idea that you could CPU mine it. You just mm -hmm. fired up your node, and that was, that was literally it. You just fire it up, and away she goes. Um, so, so to have that kind of thing back is a really great way to onboard users, and I think that's something that Ethereum themselves have capitalized on greatly. Like mm -hmm. really, really well. You want to mine? Most people hear about mining Ethereum to start with using their mm -hmm. GPU. That's that's simply the way that it is. Now, unfortunately, yeah, there are now ASICs on the Ethereum uh, at hash mining algorithm. Are they going to change to Prog Pal? I don't know. Should they though? Even before staking. Mm -hmm. I would argue yes. Like that was their initial. I think Christy Lee Minahan has talked about this as their social contract that they have with their users. You mine ETH with your graphics card. We make ETH so you can mine it with your graphics card. Then you can no longer do it. Well, do we need to then dial it back so you can? Or do we simply benefit from the additional security of the ASICs? I don't have the answer for Ethereum, but for Digibyte, I think, yeah, hell yeah. We want an algorithm like that, which mm -hmm. you can mine on your PC. You can simply say to a friend, you want to it's get into inclusive. Yeah. Rather than going to a Bitcoin ATM and paying $1,000 above market price, which is right. what, 12 and a half, 15% over and right. above, go mine that shit at home. Just sit down for a little bit. Go to, you know, mine that cryptocurrency.com, download a one click miner, and away you go. Mm -hmm. Sure, you're only going to be making like one or two bucks worth a day on your graphics card, especially if it's like an older generation, but. That's cool. And you're not paying way above the market rates. You're getting into sure. it. These what are effectively clean coins. So there's that fungibility with them. There's a mm -hmm. whole lot of benefits. You don't have to go through KYC or AML. The permissionless nature plays into an all of these huge list of benefits. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really cool. I think that's something that uh, I, I miss a lot about Bitcoin. I started mining originally in 2014 with two R9 290X graphics cards. Wow. Unfortunately, it was right as Butterfly Labs were uh, shipping orders and things, what what few they did ship. Um, <laughs> and so I made over the course of like a week, I'm at like 0 0.1 of a Bitcoin or something, and I left it. I actually left it on the mining pool and forgot about it until like three or four years later. I was just like, it's two bucks worth. This was a waste. Why would I bother doing that, right? Like 0 0.1 Bitcoin now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take, you know, half a Bitcoin every six weeks. Yeah, oh, could yeah. you imagine going back to that? Like, right. it would be brilliant with with well, just the power cost of a GPO. Oh man, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. well, those things were were freaking energy like whores. It was 250 watts times two of them, so 500 watts, 24 seven. But whatever, whatever, it was great fun, and that's how I got into it. Was through that mining. Mm -hmm. I can't do that with Bitcoin now. I'm not. I'm yeah. not willing to go out and like. What's what's the S17 Plus go for at these? We have a special price. <laughs> <laughs> like I, what? Like I, I genuinely don't know. Like I mean, I, I think I think realistically, yeah, I think realistically, landed in the U.S. I think two thousand is fair. Yeah. 
2000 is still not too bad, given that that's roughly what me buying two brand new GPUs cost. So in fairness, 2000 bucks is actually still pretty damn affordable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really where where they're going to kill exactly. you, though, is is your power. Like you can't like you can run those GPUs just, you know, in your office at home. Yeah. Like you don't have to create special wiring or infrastructure or any kind of PDU or anything like that to run them Done that before. That shit's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Now, with the S17s, you're going to have to do something like that. You're going to have to do something to that effect. So what what's the, the power draw on an S17? That's a few thousand, isn't it? Uh, it's like 22.9, something like that. Wow. Split split between two cables. Yeah, split between two cables. That's impressive. Yeah. Like, so that's that's like most multi-boards at 2,000 watts are going to go, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah so okay yeah two two nine twenty watts I'm just looking oh, it up yeah twenty nine or twenty I had it reversed there that's 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 yeah I mean that's pretty decent um, in New Zealand most most house wiring I think is what are we talking like twenty amps give mm -hmm. or take so you can still run a few of them I I remember scaling up my graphics cards when I bought uh, hundred GTX ten sixties and I couldn't mm -hmm. even handle half of that on my home wiring and things popping left right and center yeah. and ah, oh, no we've lost power in the living room again ah, i'll go flick the switch <laughs> turn off one of them yeah um but but that like at that kind of a price it's still appealing right like so so mm. brands not bad you can still go out and do it you've got to be dedicated though it's not yeah. the sort of thing that you'd want to go and try like on a whim if you've never done it before you're not you're not going to go i'm going to go and invest two thousand dollars in this just have a crack at mining. Whereas if it's a graphics card, mm. I'm an enthusiast. I play a bit of video games, you know, right. or I a computer 12 months ago that has a, you know, a GTX 1660 or something in it, you know, or I do video up. rendering and make podcasts. Exactly. Right. That's, I mean, that's what I'm trying to tell my wife. I'm like, I've got a 1080 TI in here, honey, but I, <laughs> that 2080 TI, I really need that. So I can do this editing in 4k at 60 FPS in real time. Uh, right. <laughs> I have to, honey, I promise. Like, no, I don't, I don't think she it's, a, it's a business expense, right? It's right? <laughs> business expense. Yeah. She knows better than that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think I've used that line one too many times, but, but that's the thing, right? So you can still, you can game on it. You can do video editing. You can game on it again. <laughs> but but so for a lot of people, though, your computer has one already. So the barrier to entry is the smallest it's likely to be mm -hmm. unless you're talking about CPU mining with RandomX. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm really excited about RandomX because the requirements to actually run the mining software, it in and of itself uses over two gigs of RAM. So you're immediately going to knock off all of the attempts at doing it on IoT devices, which traditionally have sub 512 megs worth of RAM. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do happen to get infected on those smaller PCs that, let's say, have four gigs of RAM, you're gonna like your PC is going to come to a crawl pretty much instantly, and you're yeah. going to know about it. Yeah. So there's there's definitely concerns around obviously what happened with botnets like vercoin with their lyra 2 re version like the original version mm -hmm. that's obviously less than ideal but with what they've done with RandomX, and it's been independently verified i think they've had four different audits and things which came back with a lot of good productive feedback um and the idea is that yes you you should be able to cpu mine to tweak it enough if another generation comes out like amd or 
killing it with their thread rippers and things like that at the moment. Ryzen series four, I think, is coming out. It's four, isn't it? Yeah, fourth gen. Um, and things like that, so it will stay CPU mineable or at the very least have minor tweaks required. I, I'm so excited for that lower barrier to entry, and I think it's a really beautiful way for us to get more people into cryptocurrency. Go here, download some stuff, get started. Give it a whirl. Yeah. Yes, number go up real slowly. So what? You, you get a dollar's worth a day. You get 50 cents a day. You didn't have to do anything. You're, you were sleeping in the other room while your <laughs> computer was working away making you money. It printed you money. You slept, you woke up, you've got more money. Yes! Like, everybody <laughs> wants that. Definitely. It is hey, fun. Um, so, yeah, we're going to end the podcast here. Um, but before we do, why what a great you... time to end it on, right? Printing, yeah, free money. <laughs> printing free money. Why don't you tell us um, how people can get a hold of you and uh, where, where they can find you online? Yeah, cool. So, if you want to catch up with me, I'm on Twitter at DGB underscore chilling. I'm on Telegram, chilling underscore silence. Or otherwise, go check out the likes of digibyte.io, dgbwiki.com, for example, and have a nosy at digibytewallets.com is another great resource for getting started. Go download the wallets. Give it a whirl. Try it out. They're really pretty. Hopefully, hopefully, home mining's coming later on this year. Again, this requires consensus. We want the network to move together and not have this kind of Bitcoin cash, Bitcoin sort of scenario. We want a yeah. reorientation yeah. of the whole entire ship. We want to explain to people that this is in their best interest and show them why and prove it to them. So we don't have this split. So yeah, we've got to con obtain consensus, obviously, but hopefully later on this year, we might have prog pal, might even have random X as well. Who knows? A little bit of everything. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That's, so that's anyone great. who hasn't had a nosy at uh, Digibyte, um, give it a nosy. Yeah. Check <laughs> it out. All right, man. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Really Thank appreciate you, it. Uh, right, take care. Bye. Bye. -bye.